When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He was a one-eyed. We're just recording right now. I wasn't recording yet. Oh my oh, god. No. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Welcome to Syndicate, everybody. Yes. Welcome your- to Syndicate. This is the first time we're recording in this new space, guys. Cheers. For real this time. Cheers. 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 <laughs> we were like recording for like 10 minutes. I forgot to press the record button. So we're going we're gonna to do this. <laughs> Maybe it's this monkey shoulder we've been sipping on. Yeah, probably. Definitely is. I'm probably going to have another cup right now. So anyways, we watched Nope. Last time we were all together in the same room, we were talking about Jordan Peele's entire filmography. And now we're watching Nope. So I don't even know where to begin with this movie. Yeah. Well, you you had mentioned during our the, the lost <laughs> preamble um, <laughs> that you had expectations for this movie that turned out to be completely not the case. Right. And I wonder if you want to talk about that and maybe how the marketing played into it. Yeah. So when this film, when the trailers dropped for this movie, because like we talked about it in the beginning, like at the end of uh, the Jordan Peele director spotlight, we we're like trying to like theorize, like what could this movie be about? We we're looking at the poster and I was like, it looks like a sperm. Doug, you said like, it could be like a cult because like there's a small town in the trailer. Yeah. I was like, this movie could be anything. And honestly, aliens was the last thing I expected from Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yep. And even in the trailers, it didn't like telegraph. It's about aliens. Really? When we knew it was about aliens, it was like trailer two. And I was like, I wish I didn't see this trailer. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I tried avoiding those trailers, but then it was inevitable. I saw a movie. I don't know which movie it was. The trailer was in front of it, and I was like, "Welp, welp, <laughs> aliens." Nope. Yeah, that's that's a great way to build up hype. Is just keep your cards close to the chest. Don't blow your load. Don't say anything. Just let people fill in the gaps. Exactly. And like with a horror film, you want to be surprised. You want to be there for the ride. Like with trailers now, it's like they like give away the entire movie. Yes. Like Halloween kills. Yeah, we exactly. It's the whole movie in the trailer. Yes. Yeah. And one one of the trailers we saw, by the way, we had like 30 minutes of trailers. So if you're going to see this, reserve your seat and don't be on time. We were 15 minutes early, Aaron. Yeah, it was it was bad. Um, anyway, Jaws was one of the trailers because they're re-releasing it in 3D. Yeah. And it's the whole movie in the trailer. I noticed that. It's yep. the whole movie. I guess they just assume everyone has seen it by now. But it's also been like 50 years. So I don't know where they got that idea. <laughs> so anyway. like, yeah, like I was saying earlier in the lost footage, we arrive on time. There's a dude sleeping. He's snoring really loud. Yep. And like one of the trailers, the one of the 30 minutes worth of trailers was Beast. Yeah. The Idris Elba movie with the lion. This dude comes into the theater, announces to everybody, hey, is this nope? <laughs> <laughs> and we all answered, nope. <laughs> it was a great movie. Doug, you saw it in IMAX. Oh, yeah. Can oh, you tell God. us? Like we saw it in standard. We're basic. It was How so, was that? It was so cinematic, and it was such a spectacle. Honestly, it was just really? I couldn't look. I couldn't look away. Which parts were in IMAX? Oh my god! I honestly was the whole I movie can, IMAX. Or I, was certain... I can never. I can never really tell when I'm like that, like engrossed into a movie, like Jordan Peele's. Like, yeah. like when I'm when I'm like, th- there's times in the movies where you know, like I've said before in the lost footage, I'll check my watch midpoint, end of Act One or end of Act Two. If I get bored, I didn't even do that at all in this yeah. movie. It was just, my eyes were glued to the screen. Every single frame was like, just like a masterful picture. Mm -hmm. And just with layers to dissect the film. Because, yeah, after watching it once, I I just want to watch it again. (laughs) You said you couldn't look away. Yes. Remember that. We'll get back to it. Yeah. I remember you talking about that in the uh, Discord. Mm -hmm. And that was a food for thought in in the shower thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a good point because I was able to build off maybe a little bit from mm. that. That's right. Syndicate.com forward slash Discord. Join <laughs> so we watched the movie and it was not at all what I expected because like going into this, Aaron, I was telling you before mm. the movie even began, I was like, I had a fever dream. Like I was up way too late one night and like, you know, when you're like sitting in bed yeah. and you're like extremely tired but you're not asleep yet yeah you're in that twilight phase yeah and your mind starts Mm -hmm. racing and then it came to me i was like i know what nope is gonna be about (laughs) (laughs) because like i had the images of like kiki palmer running in the desert and like the ufo is chasing her and i'm like i know what this movie's about you sure this wasn't rise of skywalker (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't okay so (laughs) um this is what came to my mind and we can unpack this and get into the actual movie proper. So this is what I thought the movie was going to be about. Given Jordan Peele's track record with his perspective as like an African-American uh, gentleman making movies, social commentary, it popped in my head. I was like, okay, this movie is about aliens, alien abductions, 
this movie could be an allegory for slavery. Oh. Because, ooh. like, you had these alien forces, the colonists or the colonialists, abducting Africans from their home country, continents. And I was like, what hmm. a perfect allegory with, like, the aliens abducting people. And it's like, oh, my God, this is, this is an allegory for slavery. Hmm. It has to be. That was in my mind going into the movie. And the rug was swept from under my feet. It was yep. not at all about that I'm kinda, whatsoever. I'm kind of glad it wasn't about that because, I mean, he could have easily taken it in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he did with that, with this story, with, with aliens, was yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah. The well, more I think about it, it's just... It's it's not what you expected. No, it's it's not. Nope. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little more sophisticated than that. And I'm glad it was. Um, why don't we set the stage for everybody listening about just what we're talking about before we get into spoilers? Well, or did you want to do like first impressions? Well, we can do first impressions, but we already gave our first impressions. Yeah, that's true. We can I mean, help ourselves. I wasn't going to do this, but you kind of set yourself up. Oh, oh no. 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 So, Aaron. God damn it. <laughs> I have to ask. Would you like to pitch me, me and Doug, Doug and I, and the viewer? Nope. As if I've never seen it before. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one, go. Okay, so there's this lonely ranch out in California near Hollywood where... Uh, the Haywood family has been raising and training horses to perform stunts for Hollywood film features. They are a black family, which is a little unusual because they don't ride horses. Anyway, um, <laughs> after a freak accident where the elder Haywood dies, uh, O.J. Haywood and his sister Emerald Haywood take over the ranch and have to make ends meet. And they're just always looking for their next big break and they can never seem to find it, but they do end up getting into this business arrangement with, uh, this, this former child actor nicknamed Jupiter. Um, Mm -hmm. I think his name is Ricky. Um, (laughs) and he basically has a, uh, wild west attraction nearby. He's been trading horses and, one day, one of the horses mysteriously disappears after some weird phenomena in the sky. So after some investigation, the Haywoods, uh, with the help of a local Fry's Electronics employee <laughs> named Angel, start investigating and they think they might get their next big break by sighting a real UFO in the flesh. Get it on film. Nice quality video pictures. And from there... Their efforts to capture said UFO on film kind of takes a bad turn. That is right. Aaron, you did it. We talked about Nope. That's what Nope is all about. (laughs) So I, going into this, I didn't know what to expect. I told you what I expected. And what we got was not at all that. Because the movie opens with like this sitcom stage and this monkey drenched in blood yes that's all we see and we see a a shoe pointed directly upward almost like it's levitating Mm -hmm. like perfectly balanced yes yes things should be (laughs) like i was like this is not what i expected this movie to start i was like what is this movie gonna be about where's the aliens i expected a xenomorph to come out Mm. that's not what (laughs) happened at all nope nope so this movie when I was watching it, it took so many twists and turns, but like I was genuinely afraid when watching this movie. Mm. Like 
I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. After watching this, I was low-key traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> Were you traumatized, Aaron? No, there was one part. I'll talk about that later, but tell, tell us more. What were you traumatized by? There was one part. Okay. Doug, were you traumatized? I know you're afraid of aliens. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely afraid <laughs> of aliens. When I was at Cedar Point, I kept looking up at the sky and I kept looking at my brother and I was just like, hey, did that cloud, cloud move at all recently? And he's like, yeah, no, don't worry. I was like, okay. <laughs> what was, uh, so the main, I don't even know. He's not even an antagonist. It's like one of the characters uh, played by Steven Yoon, Ricky... Jupe Park. Yep. Jupiter. Um, what was this attraction called? It was like the Star. Jupiter's Light. Claim. Ju- yeah. That Jupiter. was the name of the like um, Disneyland amusement park yeah. that he had out there. Yep. Um, and the particular attraction that he was trying to get off the ground was called the. It was like the Starlight Rodeo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think it was the Starlight Rodeo. Star something um, experience. Yeah, something like that. So. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but he is a former child star mm-hmm. for this TV sitcom. Yes. Had a few bit parts here and there. Yes. And then for one reason or another, decided to try his luck with this amusement park out by the ranch where the Hay, the, the Haywood family ranch. Yes. And um, what we end up learning is that this UFO mm-hmm. is not exactly a spaceship. It's a creature. And, Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> well, we're, we're past the pitch, so yeah. you've been warned. Um, not only is it a creature, but Jupe is basically trying to turn it into a, uh attraction for yeah. uh, for guests to come and see and for him to make money off of. Right. Um, and meanwhile, the Haywoods, they are basically trying to turn their financial luck around by... Um, you know, they're, they're this close to selling the ranch to Jupe and they think, well, if we get footage, like really good quality footage of, uh, this creature, this, uh, UFO, this alien, what was the other acronym that they're using now? Oh, UAP, UAP, UAP. unidentified yes. aerial phenomenon, oh, because well, they don't want you to know about it. Yes. <laughs> That's why they changed the name. So we basically have like a race here between yes. the Haywoods trying to get uh, undeniable evidence of this UAP. The shot. And the shot. The money shot. Yep. So they can, you know, get their fortune. And Jupe, who's like competing with them to basically turn this UAP into an attraction. Mm -hmm. And the way that he figures to do that is um, they both kind of independently figure out that this UAP is very territorial. Yes. And it Mm -hmm. will... In classic UFO fashion, you look at suck it, up and abduct yeah. things. Yep, um, and they're not. They, they take some time to figure out exactly how it works, but uh-huh. what they figure is like it keeps stealing horses. Yeah. So Jupe's idea is, I'm going to get horses. I'm going to have it in this like little box. Could make it run out into the open on a certain time of day when the UAP is supposed to show up. And then it'll whoosh, suck up the horse. Everybody will be ooh ah, and then pay a bunch of money. Yeah, the Haywoods, they figure out the same thing that sucks up horses, so they are going to use it as bait, and they set up like cameras all around the Haywood Ranch, try to yep. get photographic evidence, and they put a statue of a horse to bait it. Yes, so they yep. will suck that up, and then they could take a picture of it with the surveillance cameras. Yes, that they set up. 
from and a Fry's employee with a ribbon on it too. Don't forget about that. Yeah. Yes, with I don't. Ribbon. I don't know if this was on purpose or accidental, but the, the horse statue has like this long like ribbon with little pendants on it that like you would see at amusement parks or like mm-hmm. car lots or whatever. Yeah, and uh, it ends up like the horse statue gets stuck in the UAP's gullet. And you just have like this long string of pendants hanging out of it. And that's one of the ways that they were able to track it. And they figure out that it is using artificial means to like have a cloud, like mask its presence. And it could just stay still for hours at a time. That's wild. So side notes really quick. When, when, when they go to Fry's to get the employee to set up the security cameras. Mm-hmm. And he's Isn't like, Fry's out of business? No, they're still around. No, they're still around. Oh, yeah. There's, there's one, one in, in Chicago land here. Yeah, there's one in Downers Grove sure? for sure. Off of uh Butterfield. Okay. Yeah. And the, the other one is I I think in Chicago somewhere. I don't know. I don't go there. <laughs> I don't know anyone <laughs> that goes there. But anyways, when he was explaining because like he kind of deduced like, okay, they're trying to track a UFO and like uh and the main characters OJ and Emerald, they don't want to divulge information because they want yeah. all the fame for themselves. Mm-hmm. And he's like, by the way, they don't call it UFOs anymore. They call it UAPs. And then he gets <laughs> into like, you know, they don't want you to know. Yeah. And when he's doing that in the theater, Aaron is staring at me. <laughs> and I look over and he gives me a look like <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. All I'm saying is it's on brand for you. <laughs> I get it. I'm an insane person. <laughs> yes. I'm like, fuck, I am a crazy person. <laughs> it's true. Anyways. <laughs> All of it, top to bottom, it's true. Yes, it's true. So anyways, they're trying to get the money shot for this uh, UFO, UAP. And it's just so interesting how OJ and Emerald are doing it for fame purposes, for, for money. For yeah. the spectacle too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jupe is trying to do it for the spectacle too yes. but in a different way yes and it's yes. just so it's like they both have the same goal but they go about it in two different ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so Aaron this movie opened I know we're like jumping all over the place yeah. but we gave like the main premise so this yeah. movie opened <sighs> moving past the monkey parts mm-hmm. when it's like the film proper and all the shit was fly, flying out of the, the sky yeah I didn't know what the hell was happening. Nor I. Um, Did you know what was happening? No. I was like, what What? what, what does this monkey have to do with the story right now? I was yeah. like, this is not what I expected. Right. Right. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I started to notice some themes um, that happened throughout the movie. And one of them was like basically trying to control animals yes. and like what goes and how it inevitably goes wrong. Yeah. So yes. the original example of that is the kind of cold open with the Gordy show. Yes. And how um, basically the sitcom is one that Jupe starred in. And when he was a kid, when he was a kid, it was like 1994 or something. And uh, part of the sitcom was they had this chimpanzee, um, this trained chimpanzee as part of the regular cast. Yeah. And that's was part of the draw of the show is like, oh, look at the antics of this monkey. Mm-hmm. And as we eventually learn, um, on one of the shoots for their episodes uh, in the studio, part of the plot line involved a birthday party 
they open up this box and a bunch of helium balloons escape. Yeah. And uh, they start popping on the hot studio lights. Yes. And something about that just... Scared him. Just scares Gordy, and he snaps and, in a rage, starts attacking the cast. Doug, you look like... You've, you have your you've mind blown. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm kind of connecting a little bit more dots oh, between shit. Gordy and, you know, the, yeah. the UFO type creature, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Because, I mean, like, I mean, there's so many layers to play, to pull back off this film. I'm not, I'm still I'm wanting to unpack this. Yeah. With you unpack guys. it. Unpack well, it right now. Um, well, let's well, hold on. We'll but, get there. Let me, let me build my case. I, wanna, yes. I want so, you. Yes. Uh, so Gordy, he snaps into a rage, starts like attacking the other cast members. Ripping and, them apart. Yeah. Uh, chewing Eating them. Chewing the face off of yes. one of the cast members. She somehow survives, but like her face is all fucked up. Yeah. Um, I, don't know if the father character if he made it or not no probably not no um but yeah he goes into this rampage and then like calms down from that fast forward to um oj haywood he's trying to get his next big break on this movie or tv show shoot it involves like a motion tracked horse He's an mm-hmm. animal wrangler. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the animal trainer for the horses if a production needed horses. Yes. So he brings his horse to the movie set. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so the horse's name is Lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got like little bits of gaff tape on it to help the camera motion track it. And they're setting up for the shoot in front of the green screen. And one of the assistants brings out like this little orb where it's like, um, matte gray on one half and then the other half is like this bright chrome mm-hmm. and it's it's used as a reference just for uh, three yeah Lighting. cgi purposes yeah. um and so he spins it around and the shiny chrome part uh is like right in front of the eye of the horse he's like way too close to the horse of course and uh spins it around the shiny side the horse gets spooked and ends up kicking and almost like hitting like the makeup person and so they lose the opportunity on that shoot out with the horse. They get in like a, like a, I don't know, like a wooden, like a fake horse. <laughs> fake horse. Thank you. <laughs> Green horse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, fuck, lost that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so there's a continuation of the theme. You have a trained, well-trained animal that in a situation you can't account for, um, in this case, kind of like a lack of respect for the animal mm-hmm. ends up with the animal just like snapping and they, Go crazy for a sec. They get back to normal. So I started thinking about that. And I'm like, okay, he's setting something up here where there's a theme of if you respect animals, then you're going to be fine. If you try to train them for your own amusement, there's going to be and even like call out Siegfried and Roy, who very famously like one of the one of the tigers just snapped one day and attacked I forget who, with one of them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we have this theme of trying to contain wild animals and, for our own amusement and mm-hmm. how just any little thing can set them off. How that applies to the UAP is something that I want to get into, but let's, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that first. So I'll go first. I've seen many videos, whether it's like, kind of a low budget zoo or like fucking morons in other countries where they're messing with wild animals. I've seen Mm -hmm. fucking morons with like lions, with sharks, 
And guess what? They lose fingers. Yeah. They lose hands and they almost die because mm-hmm. like people do not respect animals. They think like, oh, they're cuddly and they're cute. No, these are Mm-mm. wild animals and their animalistic instincts is to fucking eat you. You ever <laughs> see that movie Roar? I've seen clips of it. <laughs> Doug, do you know about Roar? Maybe. Aaron, T- explain Roar. Uh, I'll explain. Roar. Yeah, I've talked enough. Tell so, them about Roar. Okay. So Roar was a film made in the 70s, I believe, or it or the 80s. It was an exploitation movie mm-hmm. where they would have real lions, untrained lions, and like they would like straight up attack people. Dang. Attack the actors and like the fear that the actors would elicit. Uh, the actual bites and the hair pulls of like the actors from these lions was real. Seventy oh pe- seventy people were hurt in the making of this movie. Oh my god! But no animals. This is a real. Mo- of course, no animals. <laughs> They're the ones attacking the people. Yeah, this is what happens when you have a pie in the sky, hippy dippy white family in California who think they can save all the animals, and that's what they tried to do. And the they kind of missed the point with this movie where they wanted to show like how beautiful and like majestic these animals are. And instead it was just pure nightmare fuel. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a miracle real. no one died on this movie. They could have easily like just chomp. Yeah. Arm Chica- gone, head gone. Yep. But they didn't. They just like pounced, which one pounce from a lion is enough to kill them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm surprised nobody died from that. My God. Jeez. So anyways, yeah, roar. So with that in mind, um, with this film, you have Gordy, which is the animal, uh, the monkey in the sitcom. And like they don't take any precautions uh, with this animal. It's a wild animal. It's a chimpanzee, like a 150 pound person and 150 pound chimpanzee is completely different because like their muscles are more dense than a human. So that makes them 10 times more powerful than a person. Oh, yeah. Like one little tiny chimpanzee, even like a tiny monkey, like they're significantly more powerful than humans. Pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, my brother saw the film and he was asking me, he's like, yeah, is that possible for a chimpanzee? I was like, oh, oh, yes. Those, th- those, those, those things can easily kill yes. you. And they, like, they can easily overpower you no matter how much you try to fight back. Exactly. And like there has been instances where people have chimpanzees as pets. And like, well, guess what happens? They attack their owner and like the owners would have like messed up faces and like have a veil covering. Yeah. Like there has been at least two instances that I could think of where like a woman had a chimpanzee as a pet. And then eventually when the pet's old, attacks the, the, the human. Yeah. And like, they're lucky to be alive, but their face is all mangled and like they, they go after that. Okay. I'm going full of Joe Rogan right now. (laughs) They go after the face and they bite your dick off. (laughs) Dang. They know what hurts. Yeah, they know what hurts. Like, because they do that to themselves. They do that to other chimpanzees as a as a territorial uh, power dynamic. Like, they like fucking emasculate the the prime uh, the the alpha male. Yeah, and like they're the new alpha, which makes them the new pack uh, leader. And it's like they do that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so it's like that animalistic force is on a movie set with yep. people. And like the first thing I thought of, I was like, where's the security? They and don't have any. And that and I like that. That gets into one of the themes of this movie is, you know, animal wranglers and, you know, how much because I know being on sets 
previously, sometimes animal wranglers are not taking as seriously as really? they are, mm-hmm. as well, needed as needed to be. Yeah. As someone from experience, mm-hmm. because I've been on a couple sets where it's like, oh, you know, oh, the dog can't do this right away. Well, well, why not? It's like, well, we need this dog to warm up to the cast member and then we needed to, you know, get into a, like a nice little rhythm here. I mean, they're like one of the first scenes in Nope, like you said, um, when they're when um, OJ is trying to speak up and talk and say, like, no, don't rush this. Mm-hmm. It's like he's not ready yet. Yeah, it, that, that's a common problem in, in Hollywood films. And that's something that, you know, that's right on the nose right there. And then I was like, dang, Jordan Peele. Good job. Yep. Good job right there. Because, I mean, he's getting that point across throughout the whole entire film, too, because, I mean all the animals are all connected in this film mm-hmm. that's 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 what i discovered while i was unpacking this film that with gordy's violent rampage from the beginning it sets the whole entire tone mm-hmm. for animals in this movie because i mean even though it's slight for the for the for the horse the horse got a little violent there on set right like they they it kicked up dirt kind of towards the actress and they were like yep get get him off set we'll just cgi it, it in was there or whatever yep yeah scared. the horse was scared Gordy was scared. Like they don't know what's they don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe the UAF or UFO, whatever we want to call UAP. it. The, or yeah, the UAP. I'm sorry, UAF. <laughs> UHF. Maybe the UAP <laughs> was just scared movie? too and just defending itself, being like, "Oh, you're t- making eye contact with me. <clears throat> I'm getting you." It Good, doesn't matter. Doug. You're on the right track. What happens when you don't respect these animals? <clears throat> they they get territorial. They they attack you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they didn't they didn't respect Gordy. They didn't respect the horses. They didn't respect the UAP enough. I mean, and OJ did. Mm-hmm. OJ knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Because he was like, at one point in the film, he was like, it, this thing's territorial. Don't make eye contact with it. And that's why they got all those uh, spoilers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but that's why they got all those I don't know what you call those wavy men. Wacky, wavy, arm inflatable dudes. <laughs> yeah, they got those as a, as a distraction because, you know, those things have eyes on it. And it's like, oh, it's looking mm-hmm. at me. Yep. Oh my God. That's why they got those things. Yeah. There. Not just for like the dete- to detect it, but to also distract it. Mm-hmm. So like the animals have a, I mean, yeah, the animals have a theme throughout the whole entire movie. Yes. And it, it's it's good that they set that up with OJ where... Um, they set up that he's very respectful of the horses under his care, um, where his sister kind of ran off and didn't take care of the ranch after uh, yep. Keith David died. Um, OJ stayed behind and he cared for the for the horses. And he's he's very mild mannered, very kind of uh, quiet and self-assured. But he very much has a respect for the animals. <clears throat> and that transfers to the UAP, where he figures out that. This is a not a spaceship. It's a creature. B mm-hmm. needs to be respected. Yeah. So okay, we know what happens when people don't respect animals. Why don't they respect them? Why? Why don't they respect them? Is it the hubris of man? Could be. It could be that we just think that we're better than everything on this earth. But you know, we're the most intelligent creature. We're yeah. We're 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 the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. I have dominion over the planets. Right. But more often than that, it's tied with personal gain. Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh. So okay. the producers yes. of uh, 
what the fuck was that show? Gordy's here. Gordy's show. The Gordy, Gordy show. show. The Gordy yeah. show. Whatever. Um, Gordy's home. <laughs> the producers of that show did not respect that chimp because nope. they saw that chimp as just something that they could exploit for their own personal gain so they yes. can get good ratings and therefore good revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to Lucky on set of that video shoot, the crew did not respect the Haywoods did not respect OJ, did not respect Lucky yeah. because they're just there to get it done, get it shot. And they had no respect for the animals. So they're just going to do what they do to move the schedule along. And it ends in Lucky almost hurting someone. Now, Jupe does not respect the UAP because he sees it as a prime business opportunity to get a bunch of, get a bunch of butts in seats yeah. to charge some tickets, get Mm -hmm. some money, get some personal fame. And that does not end well with him or the other 39 people in the arena as they are all sucked up and digested. Yes. And even to an extent, even to an extent, um, fucked me up. That that part messed me up too. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, even Emerald, uh, to, to a certain extent, it's like her idea to, like capture footage of this thing and profit off of it. And she ends up roping in the cinematographer from the video shoot who he's like, a, how do you even describe him? Like a, he's an auteur. He's an auteur. I Very, thought he was like famous too. I thought yes. he was like boasting like, Oh, I've done he, all of these projects. I've gotten all the impossible shots. Right. Legendary. He, he, yes. Videographer. He's a cinematographer, yeah. cinematographer. Yes. And uh, Emerald tries to, persuade him to capture footage of this UAP. He blows it off at first, but then here's a new story of this unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, mm-hmm. sucking up all these people. And he's like, okay, maybe there's something here. Yeah. And by the way, it's no accident that the footage that he's editing is all like predators and prey yeah. in conflict. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't even yes. think about that. Yeah. It, was like, it was like a tiger eating a gazelle. And like, I think one of them was like a spider. Yeah. Something was oh like eating God. a crab, mm-hmm. all these predatory animals and prey animals in conflict. Um, and then he decides, you know what? This might be the shot of a lifetime. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And he even has like a hand cranked, uh, totally analog IMAX camera that he hand built that because is wild. <laughs> we, 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 so we didn't awesome. even talk about this, but the UAP like disrupts electricity wherever it goes. Right. Oh, yes. Um, so very smart. They tried to mm-hmm. they tried to get like um, security camera footage of it and it just didn't work. So they needed a full analog system and he's the guy. Anyway, he's trying to get the shot of a lifetime for his own fame or. Well, I, I actually think his motive is a bit more pure. I think he's in it just for the art. Um, I didn't detect really any kind of fame or desire for that in what he wanted to do so i think he kind of gets like a respectful death so i actually think that this um the cinematographer holst was his last name um i actually think his motivation is not fame necessarily but i think it's almost like a pure love of the craft and the art that he wants to get this shot so i I think in a way he kind of gets a more dignified death Mm -hmm. um I could be wrong about that, but that's my interpretation. And then OJ, he kind of figures out the rules of the game. This is a wild animal. It cannot be trained. It cannot be reasoned with. You have to respect it. And that's when he figures out you can't look it in the eye. Mm-hmm. Everybody who looks it in the eye, including horses, including the horse statue, they're all looking up. They're all just staring straight at the creature and can't look away. Just don't stare at it. 
Nope. Look away. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. 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 So yeah, like what's interesting with the character for Jupe, played by Steven Yoon. So he went through that horrific encounter when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Seeing his colleagues, his friends, his mentors being ripped apart. That's the scene killed. that fucked me up. That's the scene that fucked you up? Yes. Okay. So when I was watching that, and like even before they even like unpack that scene fully, we get like brief glimpses into it. But like when we meet Jupe uh, in his uh, amusement park, he's like showing uh, OJ and Emerald like his like collection. And then he opens up a secret door. He's like, I only show paying customers this. Yeah. But I'll show you <laughs> since I'm interested in buying your ranch. Mm-hmm. So he opens up the secret door and it's all memorabilia from uh, the Gordy show. Yeah. And that really got me thinking. I was like, even in the theater sitting there, I was like, you know, PTSD does interesting things. <laughs> yeah, yes. it does. On how people cope with like overcoming trauma. Because like, think about that. Like you're like, I don't know what, nine, seven, eight. I and you're seeing yeah. everyone that you admire your whole world being ripped apart and killed. And it's like, you grow up very fast and guess what? That trauma is never going to go away. And no. so like jupe, um, oh, I don't know about overcame, but like dealt with that trauma by like collecting memorabilia and like really like, I don't know. Accepting it yes. and like trying to use it as, you know, more, he was trying to use it as a, uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? For profit. Yes. Because like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's because a, he was charging there's people a Dutch for that. Co- he was yeah, there's people. a Dutch yeah. couple that he charged like $40,000 to, to stay the, the night in that room. Yeah. That's nuts. But like, he overcame his trauma doing that. And it's like. It's it just, sets up his own fate. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, he didn't. Like that article I sent you. Because <laughs> like, he didn't. It's true. He didn't learn from his previous mistakes. But I think no. it's a little bit more than that. Because like. It's more than not learning from the past. It's like he dealt with the trauma in such a negative way because like a normal person or a reasonable person would just like accept that happened and mm-hmm. then moved on. Yeah. He I, I, didn't move on. No. He was like, let me like obsess over this and like kind of like control it in a way. And then that extrapolate out. He wants to control wildlife. He wants to control the UFO that he mm-hmm. discovers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's more of a control thing. Yeah. Yep. He, he thinks by like hanging on to that memorabilia from the show, um, including the bloody fucking slipper that yeah. was like balanced on end, mm-hmm. um, that he can somehow be in control of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it doesn't end well. No. Nope. Um, nope. But, <laughs> nope. Uh, but yeah, that was the scene that fucked me up because Go on. we, we we see like flashbacks to the Gordy incident like a couple times. And then I think the third time they have a very extended uh, look at it where there's no, there's no music or anything. There's just the sounds of like Gordy attacking people and it's very still, very quiet. um, And Gordy just like going on a rampage. There's at one point where you think he's calmed down, but then like, somebody stirs or moans or whatever and he goes over and starts like beating her again and chewing her face again yeah. and then yeah. the like father character like he gets fucked up off screen it's all off screen you don't see the actual violence occurring but you hear it and you see like the aftermath of Which like Gordy covered in blood it's, yeah 
it's so unsettling. It, it is. I mean, it just leaves you to interpret what's happening, and then you can just picture it in your mind, which, I mean, this whole movie is basically, like, just, in, like, in taking every single scene and interpreting it for your own, almost. Mm-hmm. But um, it's... It, it was just just the way the camera was moving, like yeah, just very slowly during that scene. Mm-hmm. Dreamlike. It was it almost was. like I was like, oh my, exactly, dreamlike. And I was like, this is like, like um, I almost want to say Stephen, but the actual actor, yeah, um, uh, Jupe, Jupe. Uh, yeah, I almost felt like Jupe was thinking back to this memory, and then yeah. It was exactly him thinking back to it. Yeah. Because usually, uh, aside from the first cold open, whenever you go back to Gorda, you go back to Jupe afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's important because they established that Jupe is at the scene. He's like under a table, just like taking cover, trying to take it in. And then we take Jupe's POV and we see Gordy kind of like calm down, but then just like slowly shuffle over to Jupe and just like look him in the eye. And he's got like this look of rage on his face. Yep. And I couldn't look anymore. I had to close my eyes. Really? Yeah. So you don't know what happened. I well I can tell you what happened. I peaked. I peaked. You peaked? Well, I peaked. Damn. But like when okay. when when Gordy's like face up to the camera and just like menacing and snarling at the camera, I had to look away. I'm like, oh, this is not mm, <laughs> not okay. Um I, so I saw what, ha- what happened. I saw what happened afterwards. Oh, okay. Um where he manages to calm down, gives a little fist bump mm-hmm. to uh to jupe. And then gets shot in the fucking head yep. by security or cops or whoever finally came in, which important. We'll get back to that. It was like six minutes later. Yeah. And the like I said before, I was like, where's the security? I, I've been they asking, that, where's the animal wranglers during that whole entire time? Yeah. They didn't have any. Maybe production cut cost and said, nope, animal wrangler doesn't need to be here anymore. Because production come. I mean, I don't mean to shit on like film productions or <laughs> anything like that. Sorry, guys. But they they try to cut production costs. I mean, we've seen it. And I'm, I'm sure people have heard about it. Lack of respect. Lack, exactly. He's trained. He's not. What could go wrong? A lot can go <laughs> A wrong. A lot. Yeah. Damn. I was terrified. <laughs> that, was, that was fucked up. Uh, going off of that scene, um, you guys, you guys noticed that that shoe um, uh, that's basically standing upright with that little blood speckle. Yeah, it's balanced like perfectly on balanced end. perfectly. But um, yeah, he's staring at that shoe the whole entire time, which is why the chimpanzee isn't attacking him in that moment. Oh, I didn't put that together. So that's he kind didn't of make like, eye contact. He didn't make eye contact. So I think that's like a second, like there's two bad miracles in this mm. film. You know, the chimpanzee, or the shoe basically, and the chimpanzee and um, uh, the, uh, the UAP. UAF, the UAP. <laughs> why do I want to say UAF? God. You're doing great. Um, it's a but yeah, like, yeah, um, <laughs> between the two, OJ was constantly repeating not to look at the UA, the UAP in, in, mm-hmm. in the fear of making eye contact and triggering an attack. Yeah. Um, Jupe was doing the same thing. Jupe was literally looking at the shoe, wasn't looking at him. By the time he looked at the chimpanzee, the chimpanzee finally calmed down mm. and was like, fist bump. Yeah. They already had that established rapport where uh, i think according to jupe they like invented the exploding fist bump and yeah that, and that was like a, a gimmick on the show 
Yeah, which goes which, which kind of makes like the full circle of he's trying to you know do the same thing with with the UAP. He's trying yeah. to befriend it and make it make it his friend. He thinks by you know like feeding it the horse that you know it's kind of going to remain in his control, just yeah. like just like Gordy was. Almost. But there's a lack of respect because he but, did not have that rapport with the UAP, but exactly. thought he did. Exactly. He thought he did. He's not fist bumping the UAP. No. And without no, properly not. moving on from Gordy, you know, no. he, he, he sealed his own demise. He didn't learn his lesson. Yep. And it's too bad for Gordy because he seemed to calm down. It was cool, but then got shot in the fucking head. Um, yeah. Fool me once and fool me twice. You know, he, he got lucky with Gordy and he couldn't get lucky with... Uh, with that you with that no. UAP. Nope. Um I think it's time to blow your minds. Ooh, blow, yes, my blow my mind. mind. You ready? Please. I'm ready. Please. Okay. After the Gordy preamble at the beginning of the movie, what is the first thing that we see? Was it the ranch? The Hayward no. Ranch? Nope. Was it the title Nope? It was the title Nope, but what did we see immediately <laughs> after that? What? <gasps> I remember. Tell me. It was um uh, I didn't know what it was at the time of watching it, but it was uh, kind of like the mouth of the UFO. Oh, even yes. before that, before that, before that, oh, before I don't know. That. It fades in on the first footage ever shot. Oh, the, oh, the black the man riding the horse. Yeah, in this nice square frame. Yeah, uh-huh. and they explain it in the film as. Um, his last name was Haywood. He was the first person ever photographed, the first thing ever photographed in a moving image. Yeah. And if you don't know, they basically set up a bunch of cameras on a horse track, had like oh. strings tied to triggers to the cameras, and then just had the horse like run past the strings and take a bunch of photos. And then they strung them all together. I just figured mm-hmm. it was some guy on another horse. <laughs> <taking notice. laughs> no, 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 okay. no. But that was the, that was the first motion picture ever ah. shot. Okay. Um, but nobody knows who this fucker is. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. It's just a jockey. There's a lack of respect. And he's black. Yes. Yes. He's black. Then important. immediately after that, we see some weird looking square structure that looks like it's, kind of inflatable or billowing on each side yeah. that we learn later is the essentially the esophagus of this creature. Uh-huh. Now, later, we learn that this UAP, if you stare at it and don't look away, it'll fucking suck you up and eat you. Mm-hmm. And you'll go up the square esophagus and get digested. And then later, later, once the UAP becomes like, enraged i guess it turns from this like flat disc to this like jellyfish looking thing yeah. which yeah, so, by the yeah. way i have not been impressed by cgi in like a decade but the design of this creature is it, extraordinary mm-hmm. it terrified me but yet like yes. entranced me at the same time i was just like my jaw dropped to the floor it yes. looked real it did yes now there's a part where it's kind of deciding whether to attack OJ or attack Emerald. And there's this like appendage or something that like protrudes from it. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. What flares shape? out. What shape oh, was it? Yeah. Square? It's square. And it flares out. Okay. Now go on. If you stare at this thing, you're going to be implicated in this spectacle and get sucked up. Now 
Before the title Nope appears on screen, what do we see on screen? You're going you to rem- you're gonna have to remind me. It's been nine days. It's a quote from Nahum. Right. The oh, the cr- the, the, I will cast yes. filth upon them and make them an abom- abomination and a spectacle before their enemies. What is that from? I was going to, I was like, it's mental so notes to look it's, it up. So it's Nahum. It's talking. Is it from the Bible? Is it, it is, from the Bible? It is from the Bible. Old it's talking about Nineveh, I believe, possibly Jericho. I think oh. Nineveh. And it's basically recalling the story of how um, these, these fuckers are enemies of Israel. They are, um, they are corrupted by sin. And uh, basically God is like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm going to make you like fucking fools and spectacles in front of everyone so that mm-hmm. no one can deny that I am judging you. And so, oh my God, what does that mean when we are staring at the screen, staring at this creature and can't look away? Respectalizing. <laughs> we are implicated as viewers yes. looking at this movie oh my God. and we can't oh look my away. God. Oh shit. Oh my God. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Yeah, that's why this movie is so fucking good. It 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 involves you in the experience. It's interactive. Like for as much as oh we, for as much as we judge, change it to five uh, stars on Letterbox. <laughs> for as much as we judge, uh, Jupe for trying to um, control and make a spectacle of Gordy, uh, or, or the producers trying to control and make a spectacle of Gordy. For as much as we judge. Uh, Jupe for trying to control and make a spectacle of the UAP for as much as we judge uh, Emerald or OJ for trying to do the same thing or the cinematographer, the Fry's electronics employee for that matter. For as much as we judge all of them for doing the same thing, we do the same fucking thing. And it goes back to that footage of Haywood riding the horse because we stare at that. We think what an incredible thing this is. Uh We can see motion, the illusion of motion with this horse riding Wow, isn't it amazing? But we don't give a fuck about him. We don't respect him. We don't remember him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fuck. I'm changing this movie to five out of five, just like our <laughs> That's why I have not been able to give a proper review to this movie since for yes. nine days. We we go to great lengths to make and capture spectacle. Yeah. And as viewers, we get implicated in it where we fuel it and we can't look away. Yeah. We can't look away. Wow. Even when the creature's looking straight at us and we know, don't look at it or you're going to get sucked up. Or staring at it. We can't or help sta- ourselves. Yeah. Oh happens in movies, happens in real life, happens on social media. It's everywhere. We are jupe. We are jupe. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. 
Jordan Peele, you're fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I really respect him as a filmmaker, because in some ways it's kind of classic old school um, Hollywood filmmaking where you set things up and pay them off. Mm-hmm. But it works because like so many people are just not doing that nowadays. And that's why it was so important that we shot that we saw that footage of Haywood riding the horse in the beginning. And I'm like, he's setting something up. I know it. And then we get like the square esophagus and we keep going back to that perspective. And we're like, what is he fucking doing here? And I'm like, we're looking at the creature the same way that we're looking at that guy. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Damn. I didn't, I didn't make that connection at all because I was, I was still level one and you're level five (laughs) down in raccoon city. Yeah. Like, man, oh my God. Because it's, it's absolutely true. And like, you know, you, you explained what fucked you up, which was the Gordy stuff. Yeah. That was fucked up. That was up. the one moment where I looked away where I'm like, I know he survives up, but I can't fucking see what's going to happen. I didn't look away because I'm Jupe. So <laughs> the scene that fucked me up was when Jupe and all of his spectators got sucked up into the craft. Yeah. And it showed them getting eaten, digested yeah. in, in the... It's all claustrophobic. Yeah. And what, what fucked me up even more was as the craft is, as a creature is flying around, you can hear the screams of the people inside. And I'm like, oh my God. And what sealed the deal, what gave me nightmares was when, I don't know how it does it. What I imagine is like, it like contract, it, it like, uh, constricts itself and like crushes the bodies. Yeah, and all the blood starts raining out of the the creature. Yeah, and it starts raining on the house. That fucked me up. I was like, Yeah, oh shit. That was some classic horror movie shit with the blood just like raining down the window. Oh yes, and yeah, it was like this creature's doing everything it can to like drive these people out of the house. Yeah. Drive, um, the, drive the people off the land, especially with yeah. that, w- with, you know, OJ's father's death. I feel like, you know, that wasn't no accident. I feel like that was almost like a warning. Oh, like, you know, hey, this is my territory. Get out six months later, you know. Get out. Get out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't even mention this, but Keith David Dude. plays like OJ Haywood Sr. And yes. right in the beginning, there's like this freak accident where like coins and keys just like drop out of the sky at like terminal velocity Mm -hmm. and a coin manages to like lodge itself like right in his eye through his fucking brain and that's it yeah right and coins is what save them is what gets them the uh that shot in the end too by the way (gasps) oh my god She's using the she's using coins. Oh fuck! From, from from the house, she picked up some of those. I didn't coins. pick up on that. Yeah, she picked up some of those coins, and then she, that she was using those yes. as to get that shot. In the that well, well the well yeah, shot. There, there's the a end. there's a there's like a novelty attraction in the Jupiter's Claim a yes. theme park where there's like a well and there's a little camera hidden in the bottom. It's recreating one of uh, Jupe's films that he did, which was yeah. Looking up from the well. Yes. So you put the quarter in, you look over the well, hey, flash, you get the camera, you get the shot, it prints out the photograph. And she uses that to get the proof that she needs of this creature. The money shots. The money shots. She uses the quarters to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck, dude. (laughs) Damn. I mean, yeah. I I picked up up, when I I picked up on that like a couple days ago, I was just like, oh, my God. 
Jordan Peele is a genius. Yes. That's Fuck why Christopher Nolan, <laughs> Jordan Peele. Fuck Oppenheimer. <laughs> I was still shocked by that trailer in front, in front of I was Nolan. shocked that even I was like, the movie's going to start. Oh, fuck the movie. Didn't yeah. start yet. I'm like, I'm like, what is this? Oppenheimer? What? Yeah. They, they paid a premium for that trailer. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's why I think this movie is like miles away better than us. I think us. We're not talking about us, but um, just in contrast, I think Us had a very interesting idea and very interesting gimmick to uh, try to explain that. But I think it kind of got lost in its own. Duality of man. Duality of our society. It kind of teetered under its own weight where, nope, just I feel like it's just pure all the way through. Yeah. And see, that's where I kind of think you're wrong oh, there. Because, oh, my no, God. Uh, I feel like Us, Nope, and Get Out are all radically different films. And that's what I love about Jordan Fil- Jordan Peele right now is that mm-hmm. he is giving us horror movies that are just breaking every single barrier. And they're not the same as the last. To, yes. compare each o- the, to compare these films to each other is a sin. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because that's what I was doing. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> I am guilty as charged. Yeah. Oh I God. think I think us is still is still a fantastic film. You have Get Out. Um, that was a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Then exactly. You have us. That was a slasher movie. Yes. Pretty much. Purge attack on base. And then you have Nope, which mm-hmm. is an alien film, but that's the facade because this, on the inside is about so much more. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like horrors, like I love how he keeps coming back to horror. But, you know, with this film, you can't just nail it to one genre. It's horror. Yeah. It's sci-fi. It's, you know, action adventure. It's thriller at all at the same time. It's yeah. just he does. He did such a good job with Nope and yeah. distincting it differently from all of his other films, I feel like that is his going to be his rapport too. Is that each film that he's going to make is, that he's going to be making that's horror wise is going to be radically different from the oh, last yeah. one? It shows versatility because, yes. like a lot of filmmakers, for example, John Carpenter. Yeah. Yep. Like he is a great filmmaker. He's mm-hmm. a great director, but all his films are kind of the same. Not much range. No, yep. like he has his thing and he enjoys his thing and he executes, but there's not a lot of range. And then with Jordan Peele, it's like, you know what? I like horror and I'm going to show you all of the spectrum of horror that it could be. Yes. While also exactly. saying something. It's elevated. Yes. And Armand, I would love you to talk about this because um, I noticed that Jordan Peele has a very – the situations that he comes up with for his movies are very off the beaten path, shall we say? Yeah. They're very strange and peculiar. And like, who yes. the fuck thinks about a, a, a an ape on a sitcom like fucking losing control? How, how um, do you can or like sorry okay. the secret society of like uh, duplicates living underground of us that end up like going above ground and 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 killing all of us? There's and the whole get out situation. There's yeah. a very like weird dreamlike quality to all of his situations that he comes up with. Um, and then you sent me an article. It was a tweet. Yes. Tweet. It was a tweet. The it tweet. was a tweet that Jordan Peele made in 2014, <gasps> which was he dreamt that an, an, it was a monkey. That's how he put it. A monkey was killing people and then it turned to him. And hugged him. 
Yeah. And he woke up crying. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Doug, but like I have a dream journal because like Mm -hmm. we're all creatives here. Yeah. And like, I think it's important to write down what our subconscious processes through the day, through the week, through the year. And like, I've written down wild things and like Mm -hmm. things that like made me introspective about myself in these dream journals, in these dreams uh, themselves. Yeah. And like with Jordan Peele, him documenting that dream that he had with that monkey ripping apart people and then turned to him and then hugged him, showed affection towards him. Yeah. Was a little breadcrumb that manifested into nope. Yeah. I think it's very important for us to write down what our subconscious process mm-hmm. is because like what we process through, throughout the day, what we uh, analyze throughout the day is just 1% of like the subconscious yeah. that we process in our brains as we go throughout life. So I think it's very important to like write down our dreams because like it's very interesting how we process stimuli through mm-hmm. that medium. That's all. Our mind I, is an iceberg. Yep. Yes. I agree. I, I mean, when you sent me that article too, like I've been writing down my dreams for like 10 years and I've been basing almost all my screenplays off of like slight concepts of my dreams. Mm. And when I saw that tweet, I was just like, I looked at Jordan Peele and I was like, wow, he is such a huge inspiration to me, I guess now, because I'm like, he's writing things based off of like one little speck of his dream. And it's like, Mm. how did you connect? I mean, going back to what you said earlier, it's like, how did you ever connect an ape to aliens is what I want. Yeah. Like, it's just sheer brilliance. It is. It is. I don't know about you guys, but like. I don't mean to get off the fence too early. Oh my oh, God. I believe in aliens. I, be- I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I do be- too. I do not believe that we are the only life on this universe mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. so big and other things. So there was this thing, this movement in the early 2000s, mid 2000s called the Roswell Rods. Oh. And I want to unpack that a little bit because I Please think. Please do. Yeah. I think um, Jordan Peele you know, got some. Uh, inspiration from that with his movie because like when you think of aliens when you think of alien crafts when you think of the things that the the pentagon has declassified Mm -hmm. like that's a that's a uap that's a ufo we don't know what that is Mm -hmm. we think of that as a craft and someone's in the craft piloting the craft we don't think of that that's a creature that's Mm -hmm. an alien Mm. that's wildlife right there so in the mid 2000s like 2005 2004 there was this movement called the Roswell Rods. Came out to be bullshit. Okay. So let me explain what this is. This dude was like, there are these creatures that are, uns- we can't see them through the visual spectrum. We can't see them with the naked eye, but we can see them through the cameras if you set it to a certain function. And like, what it ended up being was like artifacts from like digital photography yeah. or digital mm-hmm. uh, uh, video mm-hmm. stuff where you would see like a rod and like a little spindle around it mm. fly across the screen. And, like, the dude was like, this is an alien life form that we can't see through the visual spectrum, which kind of makes sense. Use a little bit of science. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, through our eyes, we can only see a very small spectrum of wavelength, Mm -hmm. the visual spectrum of color. And it's like, like, this dude was saying, like, through other, like, gamma rays, infrared, we can see other life forms that Mm. exist in our planet. So, like, it was called the Roswell Rods. 
I believed it for a hot minute, yeah. maybe like a day or two. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan believed it for years on end. A lot of people fell for it because like, it kind of makes sense. It's like, okay, maybe there are creatures outside of our visual spectrum. Yeah. Sounds like demons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like using that as a framework, maybe Jordan Peele was inspired from that to say like, okay, maybe these UFOs could be aliens. Yeah. The actual thing could be aliens. Yeah. Because we perceive them as ships because we project onto that our own nature. Yes. Where humanoid figures are piloting these massive objects. Yeah. Instead of the massive objects being actual creatures. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the most creative aspects of this movie to me. Same here. Are you going to say something? Um, I'm going to go back to the movie here for a second, too. (laughs) Please do. you, You just made me rethink about a movie scene because I think it was, I don't know if it's midway through the movie. I can't remember how long it was through the movie, but when the kids pull the prank mm-hmm. on on OJ when they're dressed up as aliens, yeah, I almost I almost thought during that sequence I'm like, oh my god, we're actually going to see like whatever is in this ship, yeah. And yes. when the ship was revealed to be the alien, I was like, I was like, oh my god, Jordan Peele, you're a genius. How did you ever even think of this? Pulled a fast one on you. You pulled a fast one on me, which, I mean, that was a terrifying scene for me personally because, I mean, Armand knows that I'm, and I think you know that I'm ter- terrified of aliens. When those things were cre- <laughs> popping its head out, I was like, oh, nope. 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 <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. Please. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes. Um, I think Aaron and you and I were like the rowdy people. In yeah. The crowd. We're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was the rowdy person in my theater, too. I was I was shouting out nope so many times. I was like, nope. <laughs> um, I, I know this won't happen, but one of my lifelong wishes is to see this movie in a theater full of black people. <laughs> oh, that has to be such the experience. Well, that, we that would make be that happen. Oh, oh, it just goes to the south side. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, we went on a Wednesday night. So yeah, I feel that's like true. Nobody's would, fucking going Wednesday night. If we went on like opening weekend or, or like Friday or night. Saturday nights, yeah, I think the majority of people in there will be. Well, yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. Don't go there. Don't do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I. Re- I remember I'm, I'm going to circle the get out here for a hot second. I remember seeing get out for the first time and no. I was going to like, I think the, the the crowd was a majority of black people. Did you go oh to my Aurora? God. N- no, it was actually, it was actually in Naperville. I was pretty sure it was IMAX in Naperville. Showplace. Um, That's not what I would have predicted. Cinemark. Cinemark. Uh, that's Woodridge, man. Show, show, yeah. Show, yeah, I'm sorry. Woodridge. That's that's my favorite theater in Naperville, if anybody needs to know. They need to update their theater. screen. That's all I'm saying. The yeah. blacks are not black. <laughs> no, I meant the colors. Oh, like the black okay. is like off black. It's like not I was zero, 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 zero. <laughs> it's like nine, 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 nine. <laughs> I told you that I met the, or I didn't meet him. The Nostalgia Critic was there for... Rogue One, I Rogue was there One. with you. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the back. We were the nostalgia like, critic kind of like was in there. the front. <laughs> yeah, I like noticed him walking. I'm like, oh my God, that's a nostalgia critic. Yeah, he, like, he lives in Darien, not the Dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm not going to say hi. Are you going to say hi? No. Honestly, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's and fair. Now I know who he is. I'm like, yeah, yeah I wouldn't say No, <laughs> no. So you saw Get so, Out. Yeah, I saw Get Out. <clears throat> in Cinemark. At Cinemark. Seven Bridges. 
excuse me, Seven Bridges. That's not like Naperville. That's Woodridge. It's Woodridge. I'm sorry. It's right I consider on the cusp. It Whatever. It is on the cusp. Um, but you know, there's a majority black crowd there, and. I mean, there were so many comments going on throughout the film. I usually I get annoyed by comments, but you know, in this theater, like it was all relevant to the situation. Like, you know, I probably heard the word get out probably like <laughs> at least a dozen times. I believe it. And people were like, no, like leave. And like, I was just like, well, I was just like, yeah. I, I agree. Leave, please. I'm like, this is my type of crowd right now. Just get out. Yeah. But I mean, I Call wish the I, cops. I wish I could have seen <laughs> just this. get the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. I wish I could have seen it with the same type of crowd as I saw Get Out because I guarantee you it would have made Nope so much. Oh yeah, just more of a better experience. And then with this movie, Nope, I was like, call the fucking military. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. My God. Um, I was talking to my roommate about how much I hate going to the theater because you have like loud morons. Yeah, we have Me some too. dude snoring. Yeah, people chewing in your fucking ear. Kids or like, kicking your seat during pe- Rise of the Skywalker. People who can't, like, internalize where they say stupid shit like, oh, that's gonna hurt. Oh, damn, it's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my roommate changed my mind on this because he's Puerto Rican. He's seen many a movie with a majority-minority crowd. And it's a participatory experience. Yeah. And that absolutely would have made this movie better. So I wish we had that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. kind of had that. We, yeah. We all laughed when we were supposed to laugh. <laughs> we did. But <laughs> the theater was at like 15% capacity. Okay. We were at, okay. Let's be honest here. We went to a bougie theater that a had recliner experience. seats, dining seats. Someone Ooh. ordered food. So they had yeah. someone order, you know, oh, come I don't- in. I don't like theaters like that. I don't this. like theaters like that either. It's a distraction. Uh, like, exactly. We went do. on a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Yeah. And the only reason I went on a Wednesday night for 9 p.m. is for this podcast. Yeah. And like out of, say, 30 seats with recliners, 10 people are in there. Yeah. Like, it was It was not at full capacity. If we went to like stadium seats, full capacity – Everyone will be going wild. Like, yeah. oh my God. But for, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. I don't like seeing horror movies in theaters because Me you too. have, like, I understand. If it's PG 13, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> You're going to get the teenagers going nuts. I, I was at, yeah. this is going to date me. I was at The Woman in Black. I think that was. It was 2011. It was one of the first Hammer films uh, revival movies with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I don't think I oh ever saw God. that one. Women in Black? No, it was The Woman in Black. Okay, okay. And it was it was kind of like a supernatural movie. I thought it was a parody of at first. No. <laughs> so, like, I was there opening nights, and, like, the theater was packed. And I was with other people. I didn't know them. It was, like, friends of friends. And, like, this one guy was, like, losing his mind. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> And this dude, pretty jack guy, turned around. And he was like, dude, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Good. That is why I don't like seeing horror movies that are, like, PG-13 yeah. in the theater. Because we're, we're going to get, like, teenagers yeah. losing their minds, getting scared after every jump scare. And I'm like, oh, no. But yeah. with this movie... There was no jump scares, really. There's no jump no. scares. No. It was just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. This is creepy and unsettling. And that's a horror movie. In my yes. Opinion. Exactly. Rated R is fine. PG-13, no. 
Paranormal Activity? God no. <laughs> I remember seeing the first one and then no, the rest you of didn't. Them. Yeah, I saw the first no. one. I saw the first It was one sold to us as like this is real. <laughs> this is the Blair Witch Project, but yeah. for real. It gave me nightmares. It made me run out my bedroom window at like, <laughs> oh my you know, like two a.m. at night. Like that movie scared the crap out of me. Ooh. But you know, since then, you know. Oh my god. Yeah. Just, nope was not like that at all. No. no. It nope. just it leaves you with something. Kind of like yeah. Halloween. It leaves you with something. It's like, oh my God. The original yeah. Halloween, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like it, it leaves you with something to ponder about. And like with nope. Like for example, like it low key traumatized me. Yeah. For yeah. for days. I'm thinking about that scene with a flying saucer flying around with the people screaming inside. Yeah. And then being God. fucking eaten in the, the blood. Raining blood. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Slayer. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you brought that up um, because I want to talk about maybe the social implications of this movie. Please do. Um, yes. Because I got to thinking, like, in what ways are we participating in spectacle? Are we kind of voyeuristically um, looking at people, like, can't take our eyes off of them um, in ways that might show a lack of respect. We know what happens when there's a lack of respect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, there's. You can interpret this. Feel free to many, cut this out. Many different ways. No, I'm not going to cut it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> Talking about OnlyFans right now? No. no. <laughs> there's, there's a tendency among some people to. I'm talking about. I'm talking specifically about black people where some people will look upon their experience and be like. We need to champion their cause. We need to round up the troops. We need to get moving. And it's done in a way that is very much lacking in respect for them. And I don't think that's helping them at all. I think I don't think it's doing the good that they hope that it's doing. And it's more about alleviating personal guilt rather than actual material change and benefits for the people that are actually affected. That's a possible way to interpret what's being said here. Um, there's another way to look at it through like the lens of social media, for example, where you have people who might be going through some serious, like personal strife. That's mm -hmm. just kind of like on public for every, for everyone to view. Um, I'm thinking in particular about like people like Kanye West in this example, um, but it happens all the time um, where these like very personal things are just like aired out in public. And we all Jesus. feel a bit of entitlement to Dear like, Lord. I want my <laughs> wife back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that we all feel like we have to have an opinion on this and we feel like entitled to make judgments about this, like one way or another. Yeah. And I don't think that's helpful. So since I'm the only Technically non-white person here. Yes. Yeah. Please. Let me please. say something. Because I've been pondering about this coincidentally. Yeah. Um, because like the 2024 elections are coming up and I have to say like all this posturing mm -hmm. is fake, especially from the Democrat Party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like I think back to like when Nancy Pelosi and I don't know who, who else other people are. When the whole BLM thing happened, when George Floyd uh, got killed. Yeah. 
when they wore like African garb and they took a a, a knee mm-hmm. for like however many seconds, and like the patterns of that garments that they wore was actually slave uh, profiteers. Oops. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't like a, a tribe in like wherever where they're peaceful. It was yeah. like slave traders, and Oops. it's like this is all aesthetics for you. Yes, this is all aesthetics. Performative. Yeah, it's performative art because, like, let's be honest here, because like though it's a, it's a completely different ecosystem than what we're experiencing. Because mm-hmm. like here in Chicago, we all have you know, similar uh, experiences and like people in DC, specifically Capitol Hill, it's a completely different ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't live the life we do. So like, what's their main goal? Get votes. They want to remain in power. It's all about power. They want to remain in power. And like, how do I remain in power? Let me placate. Let me uh, seem like I'm being, uh, sympathetic towards xyz cause they like lick their finger like okay where does the where's the wind flow today that's all they care about yeah they don't care about they don't care about us they don't care about us us at all no like they 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 only care about remaining in power and how do i remain in power i identify with whatever uh, social cause is uh, fashionable right now yes and here in chicago i'm not going to pretend that like we're like we're the best city we're not the best city we're the like, second best city <laughs> <laughs> but like you know like there's a giant flag in chicago and this really pissed me off because like um right now like i, I work for a game studio mm-hmm. and like a significant portion is in ukraine yeah and like i Work with people in Ukraine, in Kiev. Yeah. And like, getting when they, fucking shelled. Yes. And they talk about, it. they're like, oh, you know, five bombs, you know, went off today. And, you know, we shot them down God. with our artillery systems. But like, like what really pissed me off is like, we have a giant American flag. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. We're in America. And like, the secondary flag is like, whatever is topical that month. Yeah. So like, for yep. June, we have like the progressive flag, which is, yeah. like, you know, the, the, gay flag but like with like the little chevrons of like the different colors yeah and like we also have a ukrainian flag but like they take it down sometimes they take it down and it's like we're still at war with the russia yeah it's like they're still being killed over there it's like only topical that they take it down they put it back up and it's like it's all aesthetics yeah they don't truly believe in what they're saying they just do it for What's the word? Uh, posturing for for it's, social credit. Yes, virtue signaling. Yes, um, and, and I think that's what Jordan Peele is getting at with this movie, where we're happy to support black people as long as it's convenient to us, as long as it benefits yes. us in some way. Like yes. we don't give a fuck about Alistair E. Haywood, that he was the first person to be photographed in any kind of moving image. Like we're happy to benefit off of movies and film and and making whatever we want out of that but we don't give a fuck about him yeah because why should we i'm I'm pretty sure i saw an saw an article at one point today this morning where it was like oh you know jordan peele is incorrect about the first moving image and i was like 
Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to skip over this article because I feel like this isn't credible at all. Was to... it written by Nazis? It's I an adventure. <laughs> no idea. I literally just skipped it over. I remember it vaguely from this morning. Um, I was on. I mean, you don't need to know the context. <laughs> I was just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through social yeah. media and see this. and I was just like, "Is someone trying to discredit like Nope right now?" Dailywire.com. Just because, just because that he based it off of the first moving image with a black person on it. I'm yeah. Like, Let me guess. The first I'm moving like, image getting, was with a white person. Oh my god. I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a hint of racism here, so I'm just gonna skip over this. I mean, maybe they're trying to be as historically accurate as possible you know, benefit of the doubt and all that. But it also seems like it's, it's an adventure in missing the point. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you hear what Logan Paul said about this movie? Oh, Jesus. What did he no. say? I'm <laughs> impulsive. Uh, what did Logan Paul say? I had no idea. I had yeah. No idea Lo- Logan said. Paul basically like ripped this movie a new one. He said like, Why? it was just completely off base and was like, not exciting in any way. And like the pacing was bad. And, what? Um, likewise, seemed to be an adventure in missing the point. Okay. And it was yeah. incredible because this is the guy who, like, went to the a- suicide force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. started TikToking. Yeah. Started- dancing, doing a Fortnite dance in front of a dead body. <laughs> yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. So it, it seemed especially ironic because this is a guy who's made his career off a of spectacle and yes. knows how to harness that energy and yet completely misses the point when it's calling him out. What a fucking movie. You know, he did that on purpose yeah. to get publicity. Yeah. Probably. Oh, this is an awesome movie. Let me tell you how much I hate it. Mm-hmm. Click, 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 click. Money, money, money. Yeah. That's why he does it. Yeah. Let's be honest here. You got that, that, uh, what is it? Click per rates? Click CPM? Per cost? Yes. Click exactly. per meal? Yes. He, he got it. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. All that to say, um, that's just... That much more proof that what Jordan Peele is saying is extremely important. I think we all need to listen. Yeah, I mean, when I first started watching, when I first watched this film, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm gonna admit in the beginning I was like, yeah, you know, I don't think it was my favorite film. But then as I thought about it more, I was like, wow, this film is just freaking brilliant, mm-hmm. man. Even though I was enamored the whole time, I was like, <clears throat> like. Like Logan Paul, I was just trying to find the negatives in it, and then I was like, you know what? Let's stop. Let's look at the positives You're being here. Negative. I'm being like, I'm like, I'm just being a bitch right now. And then, <laughs> then you know, you, you think about it. This movie is meant to make you think. Yeah. This movie is not just going to be like everyone expects this movie to be so on the nose, like your traditional alien invasion movie. Like, oh my god, it's going to be a UFO. With aliens in it and what stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what we all expected. And then we get this whole entire different thing. And I feel like when people get this whole entire different thing, like like maybe um, Logan Paul, where he's like, oh, I'm going to shit on this movie because it's not exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's something that we should necessarily start arguing against if we something genuinely surprises us and takes us like in a whole different like direction than we thought it was. I think that's something that you should praise more than, you know, try to degrade against, go against. That's what art is supposed to do. That's what art is supposed to be. Yeah. And this, this Jordan Peele does that. He just nails it in the head 
Nine days. This is nine days of self-reflection, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd encourage you to go see it. And then also just think about, like, in what ways are you, the listener, kind of participating in this this spectacle? Yeah. Um, I know, like, celebrity gossip is a huge part of this. um, And to the extent that we participate in things like the... Will Smith Oscar situation. Um, that was a big one for me because I'm like, what this ultimately boils down to is like this weird personal spat between two people at this industry award show. And yet we all feel like we need to have an opinion on it or Keep that your, it. Keep my <laughs> wife's name <laughs> out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. We all feel like we have an opinion on it, that we have to have an opinion, <laughs> and that it represents like this cause or the other cause. It's like a weird Rorschach test. The cucks range. Yes. Yeah. And I think this movie might be saying, like, why are we having an opinion on it at all? Yeah. Why do we have a personal stake in whatever the fuck is going on here? Why do we feel like mm. it can help our cause or this other cause? Um, when we don't know these people, we don't, it's none of our business. It's none of our business, nor do we respect them. We don't treat them as people. We treat them as sideshows to whatever we want to have happen. They're objects. Yeah, exactly. They're just pawns and what the stories I want to see. Yep. And you are, I am legend. Yeah. You're a comedian. (laughs) And according to the Nahum, uh, quotation, what ultimately happens to them is utter, utter destruction for our own personal gain. Yep. That brings so much perspective in my <laughs> mind. Because it's like the average American, unfortunately, wants to aspire to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. But in actuality, what ends up happening is you're kind of enslaved to society. In a way. Yeah. Being famous sucks. We all crave for the spotlight. So, I mean, kind of just like, nope, you know, um, oh, my God, I keep Jupe's character. He was craving for the spotlight as well. He was cra- yeah. he was craving to get this this UAP. Got it right this time. Nice. <laughs> he was craving for this UAP to basically bend to his will and for him to be able to control this spectacle and for basically him almost to take the spotlight and be like, yeah, I can summon this UAP by just sacrificing horses. But, you know, yeah. how did that play out for you, bud? Right. Not well. Not too <laughs> um, well. So maybe there's a lesson. Poor Glenn. And, and that's the other side of the coin yes. is like, what length are we willing to go to for spectacle to try to like be a part of that? Exactly. Like, why do we spend so much time on social media or... Uh, trying to get likes or follows or some kind of fame or reputation through that. Why do I have a podcast? <laughs> why do we have a podcast? Why do you why, have a podcast, why, Aaron? Why do I have a podcast? Why do, why do I have a film channel, Doug? <laughs> well, well, it's well, it's interesting. If we're if we're meeting a new person, one of the first things that we'll ask them is like, "So, what do you do? What's your occupation?" And mm-hmm. kind of coded in that is, "How much should I respect you?" Ooh. Yeah, that one hurts. Ooh. That one hurts. It's true. Because we're not true. so yeah. fucking true. Yeah. We're is. not our jobs. Fuck. We're not what we do. We're not even like, Damn. strictly speaking, like the choices that we make or anything. We're we're the thing that observes what we do throughout life. And that's a very like, Damn. like Hindu Buddhist concept. But um, the important thing is like we're not our identity is not tied into any of these things that 
we think our identity is. And yet we act like that's true. And we use that as proxies to measure how much we can respect other people. And that ties back into the social aspect of how much we can respect black people, for example. As long as they can put on a show and sing and dance and anything that gives us joy, then we're totally fine with them. But as soon as they, you know, ask for respect or fair treatment or any material benefit to their lives. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh my God. Oh my God. This movie is a 10 out of 5. <laughs> it's Dude, challenging. This movie is more as I t- more more as I talk about it the more I love this film to right? be honest because it leaves you with that more food for thought. This mm-hmm. isn't just a film to take at face value. You have to peel back the layers of this film. Peel? The yeah, peel. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'll stop. <laughs> I'll never stop. Let's <laughs> be, be honest. honest. Is Keegan Michael Key jealous of Jordan Peele's success? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I would. I would like to get his. Per- I would like to get his personal take on that. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I, I'm saying. I, I don't know. I think they're friends. They're trying to do different things, which is why they're not working together right now. At least on projects like this. Well, they. So they I, I would hope that he hopes the, that he wishes the best for his friend. Is Keith Peel still a thing? No, they they have know. a project coming up called. Um, oh. Um, oh my god! They adapted something. Hold on. Give me. Give, give, give me a second. Give me a second. It's like a. Um, you have all the Egan, seconds, man. Michael Key, come on, give it to me. He had. They have a. They you. have an animated movie coming up on animated. Netflix. Oh, Pinocchio Life of dogs. Not 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 Pinocchio. Um, if I can bring up his filmography, that would be freaking fantastic. You have a giant hype. You got this. Right it's not. It's With not Pinocchio. Oh my god! It is. That's this Guillermo is the pro. Del- this is the pro before the pencil. Oh, Wendell and Wild. What the and fuck? Um, Jordan Peele actually wrote this too. It's about like two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wilde, must face their archimacness, the demon dusting nun, Sister Helly, and their two acolytes. Sounds stupid. Cat and Roll. It's, 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 an, it's an adaptation. Jordan, okay. Jordan Peele has written this and co wrote this. Henry Selleck actually directed this. Tom oh. Selleck. <laughs> oh my God. Back from the dead? We're off the rails. We're off the rails now, but I mean, I'm excited. It's it's. I mean, it's one of their. I I think it's actually one of their first projects where Jordan Peele's actually written that they're actually getting back to like gathered to like voice yeah. the two leads. What was that movie? Don't remind me about Keanu. Keanu, I fucking love that movie mm-hmm. so much. I will talk about that movie for days. It's like <laughs> one long Jordan Peele skit, guys. Oh mm. man, didn't they? Didn't they voice characters together in Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Did they? Or is that just Keegan Michael Key? Well, I know. Oh no, no, they they oh, reunited for Toy Story four too. Oh, they, my did. God. they did. They did. They did. They were the stuffed animals. They were the stuffed animals. Uh, you that might was have to, great. You might. You I might hated right Toy Story four so much. <laughs> you you hate it <laughs> because like Toy Story three had the perfect ending. You're if you're gonna do right Toy Story that. four, do new do new toys. New toys. Completely right new that. toys. You're right about that. But anyways, back to nope. Yes. Let's get off the fence. My first question. Are aliens 
real. Yes. Yes. In a spiritual sense. Go on. I'm not entirely convinced that they inhabit like the same physical plane as we do. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm more amenable to them if they are like spiritual beings in some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely ruling out that they're like DMT sharing the galaxy with us, but um, DMT elves. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more convinced along the spiritual realm that they exist. Oh my God. I'm, I kind of agree with you there because, I mean, as a screenwriter myself, Nope inspired me to get back into a couple of my alien screenplays. And there's one where, like, I mean, I hate, I hate aliens. You guys, I hate aliens. <laughs> but, the, I mean, I, I've just been stuck on this one idea. And, um, oh my God, I forgot where I was going with this already. I think the alcohol is getting to me already. Um, you might want to edit Well, this out. I, 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 I base my I base I my know. position on the Drake equation, if you've heard of that. Oh yes. So the Drake equation is basically a take it for what you will, but it's a an, an attempt to calculate the probability of other um intelligent life existing in the universe. And it's just vanishingly small as yeah. far as like they need yes. to be intelligent enough to form civilizations to develop uh, radio technology so that we can actually intercept their radio frequencies. And they also have to do this in roughly the same time that we do it so that we can actually yes. like exist at the same time without our civilizations being wiped out. And so when you take all those uh, formulas into equation as far as the probability of an advanced, intelligent spacefaring civilization existing at the same time as us with our advanced uh, space-faring civilization, it's extremely small. So what I have to say and follow up to that is that I agree with you because given the age of the universe, mm-hmm. 14 billion and change, right? maybe those civilizations didn't overlap with us because oh, like, no. given uh, modern research, the peak like life that could have happened in the universe is not where we are right now. Mm. It happened billions before us. Okay. Even Mars. even started. Yes. So Mars. we're late to the game. We are late to the game. So like, are we truly alone given maybe these alien civilizations, alien as in not from Earth? Yeah. Could have mm-hmm. happened already. And we're truly late to the game. That is a strong, strong possibility. Yeah. And like Mars, to like what you said, Doug, it's like they had rivers of water, Mm -hmm. which is like the melting pot of life as we know it. The cradle. And now that planet has no atmosphere. Mm -hmm. The water is frozen. It's like maybe that is truly where we came from. Maybe that was Eden. That's fair. Maybe we're here now. That's fair, because the Drake equation is mostly... And the DNA is not... <laughs> maybe that's the planet we screwed up originally. Maybe. I'm going to go full Angel Tories right now. <laughs> DNA is not... Okay, scientists have discovered, even even Croc and uh, Cork or whatever the fuck their names are, that discovered DNA. They surmise, like, this is not from here. This is not terrestrial. This is... Seeded here from another planet, mm. from another solar system, from another galaxy. Francis and Crick. Yeah. Like they they surmise like this is so advanced that it couldn't have evolved from mm. Earth. 
from natural means. It could have been seeded here from like an asteroid or something. That's a possibility because the Drake equation is not concerned with whether any other intelligent life has existed ever at all, but is more concerned with how possible it is for us to contact for us to contact them right now. Yeah. Um, so it, it's possible we've had civilizations come and go uh, without our knowledge and without any means to contact them. Um, I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in the like spiritual applications of what these beings might be. Um, cause I think there's enough evidence to like not rule them out entirely. Like there's something there. Yeah. I'm more interested in like, what does it mean spiritually and how can we learn from that? Take some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day. How about you, Doug? Oh, I believe in aliens. I believe they can exist on almost any, almost any plane that they could exactly, you know, exist on, you know, cause I mean, our, our, our minds on, are, are, are set on, you know, this existence right here. They could yeah. have existed at any point in time. They could exist almost right now. We just can't see them. Oh kind of like God. what you guys have said in the past. And, you know, like that's something that. Like this present darkness. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, there, there could be aliens in I this have room. That book. You don't. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, my God. And the sequel. That's amazing. For those that don't know, that was like a Christian fiction back in the 80s that. Uh, basically imagined like all the bullshit that humans get up to if like invisible demons were behind the scenes causing all of them. Oh my God. So like, so, like one, one of the characters in the book, like basically gets the powers to see them and they're like driving down the street and there's like, they see with like x-ray vision, like an argument going on in like a person's house and like demons on behind the scenes of each person, like arguing and like, one person like asleep but being like tempted in his dreams and mm-hmm. there's like a demon like over his bed just like swirling his finger over his face like getting him to think different things um it's bad don't read it <laughs> it's bad it's very bad i dated this christian chick oh no oh, about almost 10 years ago yeah and she bought me that book <gasps> i oh, kid you I... not this book is probably 3 inches thick yeah and i got it and i was like thinking I ain't going to fucking read that. Oh, no. I read, notes li- it? I read like the first chapter and I was intrigued. I was like, okay, got some like demon stuff going on. I think she knew that I was like a fan of horror movies. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's fair. I just wasn't interested. <laughs> no. Um, it gets uncomfortable when the author identifies uh, some of these demonic influences as being um, uh, Eastern in origin, like with yoga and transcendental meditation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It gets a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, no. Do you think that's what's happening with aliens, Doug? Oh, fuck. It could be. <laughs> I mean, they could just exist on a plane that we just can't comprehend either. It's possible, yeah. I mean... I mean, there, there's infinite possibilities of how other life can can exist. I mean, my brain just circulates on it almost every day. Yeah. Every, every other day. It's like um, you look up to the stars and you can, can't just help to wonder, though, you know, if we die, you know, maybe we'll see aliens. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, um, who, who knows? I'll, who I'll knows? tell you off the record, but I had a... Uh, an experience that kind of oh. confirmed it for me. Oh, what? please, what? please share. As, as, far as, the, as far as a spiritual 
nature of this. Going How would on. you tell me? No, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to tell it on the podcast. Don't, don't like. No, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. He, he's teasing about, me. Oh my god! I can, te- I can, I can no, share an no, experience right with you. No, no, no. If you if you understand like what the experience is like, it's like you don't just. Is it DMT? Share it. No, no, no. Yeah, shrooms. Well, you you don't I just share it with anyone. I experienced something. Listen, while I want listen, to, you know, listen. It was listen. a trip. <laughs> I've had an experience that I've never experienced ever before or mm-hmm. ever again, and I was at a party. It was like 2010. It was like a Halloween party, and I smoked what I thought was marijuana. Oops. Nope. It was not. Ooh. It was a Jeffrey. Oh, oh boy. God. It was truly a Jeffrey. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck was in there, but like what I experienced, I've never experienced ever again. And like I went, it was a trip. Yeah. And like all of reality broke down. I saw people from my past. People oh from God. the future. I saw angels. I saw demons. My body went through things I've never experienced before. <gasps> puberty? It, no, it's puberty. <laughs> All over again. It was, it put a lot of things in perspective hmm. and it broke my sense of reality for like a good while. Yeah. And like, was it, was it like that? That's all I'm asking. Kinda, because I think what I experienced—I don't think that intense, but it was like. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Because like edibles I, can like give you like a psycho, like a even like a. No, those weren't involved. No edibles. No. No edibles. Because no, it's processed no, by the liver. This was a drug-free experience. Drug-free. Ooh. Yeah, I'll tell you after. Okay. All right. Ooh. Teasing the viewers right now. Yeah. Okay, anyways, so you believe in aliens? Yeah, I've. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say I've had a. Uh, I've had a couple experiences where I've thought Get I've the fuck seen out of aliens. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, no. Now you have to not. You have to say this right now. What? Are you serious? Yes, there's been a couple times where I feel like I've woken up in the middle of the night. And, you know, whether if it was uh, sober or if I was high at the time, I can't honestly remember. They're very vivid, very vivid images from, like, dreams. But it's, like, me waking up from, like, a mid-dream or something like that. Like, oh, like, I heard something. And then all of a sudden in the corner, I just see something tall and lengthy in the corner. And I'm just, like. Was it a paralysis demon? Was it Edward? Shit. And then I just close my eyes and then it's, like, gone within the next second. Like, huh. Guys, like it's what? like vivid imagery, like very vivid. You imagery. saw a they're shadow not, like, person. They're not. It's not like gray anything like that. It's just black. Ooh. It's just like could I don't know move? if it's like. A, could I move? Yes. Could you move. You yes, can move. I could move my covers over me. I had, and then I could just be like, I've had sleep paralysis before. Yeah, I, I've had one of those before, and I couldn't move, and then I realized I was looking at my closet. No, no, yeah. These are mo- moments where it's like it's clarity. It's like I can move. I can put the covers ahead of me, and I'm just like, yeah. My- I, I don't think I've shared that with many people ever before, but you know, I it's My- it's an experience. God, it's it's a bone chilling experience. It is. My mine looks like the the like the screaming guy from Pink Floyd's The Wall. Me too. Oh. Yeah, I had sleep paralysis one night. I've only had it once. 
and like I felt like this impending doom fall upon me. Oh my god! And I couldn't move. My fiance was up; she was in another room, and I was like, "I must get help." And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. and "I started screaming," <laughs> and then she heard me screaming, yeah. and she was like, "I have to be brave." Yeah. <laughs> Where did I get into? Like, it was horrifying. Yeah, I bet. Like, I was like, oh, my God, are demons real? <laughs> I think they are. Mm. It was like, it was like, have you seen, um, what do you call it? Deathly Hollows? Harry no, Potter? I'm not into have that weeb Deathly- shit. Yeah, I've weeb seen shit? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Deathly Hollows? Oh, yeah. You know yeah. that scene in part one where, like, the skull is over Hogwarts? And I was like, oh, yes. That was like, if I could visualize it, that's how it felt. Dang. It was horrifying. But anyways, that's me. I was going to say, too, in those moments, too, I've heard floorboards creaking, and that's kind of like, oh my that's God. what terrifi- That's what has terrified me the most oh my in my whole entire life, is just hearing floorboards creak, and I always associate them with aliens <laughs> for some reason. Huh. So I feel like, you know. That's terrifying. I feel that's like there's there could be something like with that, but, you know, my mind can't just, <laughs> can't just wrap around that idea. Yeah. Oh my God, it's just, it scares me too much just to think about it right now. Yeah. I I think we're on, as a human race, I think we're on the cusp of either like total destruction or like progress forward into something amazing. And I wonder if these alien beings, whatever they are, are here to either just observe or kind of poke us on the right path. Well, hopefully it's not like nope, where they just want to like you know, <laughs> eat us and have be territorial. Yeah, you know that would suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then get killed by a. Uh, actually, I don't want to do spoilers. We Sorry. we're past that point. <laughs> we're way past um, that. killed by a balloon. I mean, yeah. which circles back to your balloon comment from the beginning, which I kind of didn't, you know. Like, yeah. Well, it also parallels together. It also parallels Gordy, where yes. the dude just comes in and shoots him in the fucking head. <laughs> Yep. Um, same thing happens to the UAP. Yep. Poor UAP. It all comes together. You're just misunderstood. <laughs> do you think that was the last of its kind? Or do you think there are more of those creatures circling the world? I feel like there could be more. How many clouds do we have? What? Well, there you go. Damn. <laughs> I like that. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with what he said. <laughs> there are a lot of clouds. There could yeah. be a totally more of those things just oh, man. hiding in there, you know, and just being almost like dormant until they're like, okay, you're in my area. Yeah. I'm going to get you out of here. Damn. Because, I mean, we also saw how long it took the media to kind of get there and yeah. know, but kind of took them a while to, you know, notice that, like, 40 people were missing or something like that. I forgot how many w- was the number it was. Yeah. But do you think it's a cover up? Because like honestly, in the movie, honestly, it was like, it was a, it was a landslide. Honestly, it could be. It's like, okay, come on. Yeah. He, he could be. Bad storms last night. Do you think there's a cover? Do you think Ooh. the government knows in the Nope universe? Ooh. They could. I don't think they're that competent. Could be, but I'd be surprised. What do you I, think? I think they could be. I mean, this, depending on, I mean, we all kind of saw how the, I mean, it's been nine days. 
So how did the media react again when they first discovered? That was like a rock slide or a landslide incident yeah, where or people like, went missing. They mentioned the bad storms last night and yeah. we don't know what happened. And then they just like taped off the crime scene and I mean, I feel didn't investigate. Like, I feel like the government would know about any like unidentified object entering our atmosphere right away. So I feel like the government could have some involvement, but Jordan Peele doesn't want to, you know, make the film about the government necessarily. No. He kind of wants to center it. He wants, he wants to keep it centered on, you know, this whole concept of spectacle and almost cinema. Mm -hmm. And I agree with all those other layers. I mean, there's just so much more to that film than the, than just those two words. But yeah, I feel like definitely the government could have had some sway in the, into the media say of what was happening. Landslide, total cover me, cover up. Come on. Mike could be. <laughs> Let's get truly off the fence now. <gasps> oh. So we have three films from uh, Jordan Peele. We have Nope, Us, Get out. Mm-hmm. Where does Nope don't fit make, into that list? Don't make me do this. I'm oh, going to make man. you do it. Don't make me do this. Aaron, I'll start with you. Nope really feels like he's able to stretch his creative abilities as far as, hopefully not as far as he can, but as far as he's done before. Um, Get Out is going to be a classic um, you know, for ages to come just because it's such a... Oh, yeah. mm-hmm very cleverly devised and executed movie. Um, Us is good, but I don't think it kind of rises above the, well, it's good and it has things to say, but I think the kind of Mm -hmm. thriller gimmick that it has, Mm -hmm. that it kind of relies on for the third act. um, I, I think that muddies the waters of that movie rather than helps it. Um, Nope has this level of sophistication in it, both in the execution of it and the themes that it's touching on. And there's not an ounce of fat on this movie. Like, I I forget how long it is, but it, it's like two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It it flew by. It flew by. Um, couldn't look away, which is, (laughs) you know, it's the, the, and the reason that you couldn't look away and how that ties into the themes of the movie and implicates you in it. Um, is rather brilliant. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think this is going to be one of his greats uh, that he's going to be remembered for. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Doug? Okay, so I've been thinking about this for nine days, all right? My first thoughts was like, okay, this film was, you know, not what I expected. So I was like, I ranked it originally lower than Get Out and Us. But mm. since I've been thinking about it for nine freaking days. I was marinating. I, I, I've been marinating on this. I feel like it has to be on the top of my list just because of how brilliant and different it is from all of his other pieces. I feel like it really sets the tone of him as in as a director and writer saying that, hey, I can take these horror elements and I can make it not about horror anymore. Mm. I can make it, you know... You know, uh, thriller, sci-fi um, uh, type adventure just to take you on. And I commend—I mean, I commend him for taking so many different elements and just blending them in together and making Nope. Like Nope is at, at its basis. He, I mean, he probably t- he he took horror and he just said, "Okay, how am I going to build this off?" of just horror and make it something more than just scary mm-hmm. more than just, you know, something that will terrify you. He probably, he, he, I, I, I thoroughly think that he wanted something for us to think about for a long time and for, uh, to make this, he made, he made this movie to, for the intention of multiple viewings. Mm-hmm. Because each, I feel like each scene, there's something to dissect from each scene. Yeah. Where like us and Get Out, yes, uh, they're kind of done the same way. But, you know, I, you know, at, at a point I, I you know, I, I Get Out, I think I stopped thinking about it after like maybe like a couple days and same thing with us. This one has just been stuck, has yeah. sticked with me for yeah. so long and i just i want to see this movie again because i want to see things that i haven't picked up on Mm. because i know there's a bunch of people out there i i read a little bit of reddit last night and this morning i'm not gonna lie a little bit a little bit and uh people were people were saying uh, on how this movie deserves repeat viewings because because of all of its um genres and its elements that you can't pinpoint it to just one thing mm-hmm. each scene has something different in it each mm-hmm. scene has its own different uh almost genre yeah almost which is actually kind of brilliant i'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie well if i if i have a point of criticism for this movie i'm not sure what to make of the ending because yes. as it ends they uh Emerald manages to kind of by happenstance destroy the creature and get uh, photographic evidence of it. And it's almost like they didn't learn their lesson. And I don't know if that's a more poignant note to leave off of or if it would have been better to be like, you know what? We're not going to look at it in the eye. We're going to respect it. We're going to fucking leave. Yeah. That's what they could have done at any point is just leave. But right. they didn't. Because OJ wanted that shot. Yes. Yeah. It was very persistent. And like Kiki Palmer and uh, the other guy were like, we don't want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Why are you bringing it up? And then eventually, you know, she got the shot. 
Yeah. She got the faint. Might also yeah. be like commentary on the horror trope of people like knowing the situation is bad, knowing that it's dangerous and going in anyway, instead of just saying nope and getting out of there. I mean, they right. said dope a lot of times in that movie. Which they did. I, I mean, nope. I commend of how the, many of the different ways they did. Um, uh, Do you think Kaluuya's eyes will get an Oscar one day? <laughs> I think they will. They're very they expressive. Will. They are. They're so tired. I think they'll get it. He. I don't want to be body shaming. <laughs> Here I go anyway. He's pretty thick. Yeah. Hey, you know, hey, don't, don't make fun of my... Like, I'm not... I mean, he was pretty lean and get out, and then now it's... And Black like, Mirror. Right. Like... I think that's good for the role. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw his Black Mirror episode. Which one was that? White um, Christmas? Was it white it's like a million one points or whatever the fuck. Yes. Yeah. Season two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another Black Mirror season's coming. Oh yeah, the, the world has stabilized <laughs> for another <laughs> Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Nature is healing. We're getting another Black Mirror. Um, But what I was going to say, actually, originally, what you were saying was, like, yeah, when I first saw this movie, I was so confused. I was like, what was this movie even about? When I was mm-hmm. walking out of the theater with my friend Ryan, I was looking at him, I was like... I don't know what to expect from this movie. Like, I didn't, I, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I just watched. And as I thought about it more and more and more, the more I just love this movie. And yeah. I want to, it. I want to watch it again. This isn't a movie that it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it again. No, I want to watch this movie mm-hmm. again. Me too. And that that's a rare. That's a those type of movies are rare to find. Yeah. And you know, I kind of had that urge with Get Out. I kind of had that urge with Us, maybe a little bit. But uh, with, with this movie, yeah, I want to see it again. I want. To. Yeah, I'm in that boat too. Like I want to see it again, but I'm like afraid to. I know. I know. I'm like, what if you're not ready? <laughs> when I'm ready, I'll go back. Hmm. I need some time to heal. Yep. <laughs> that's see a good horror. Can... That's a good hallmark of a horror film. Where yeah. you're like, I don't want to see it again right now. When you need to recover. I, I need my time. Give me a couple weeks and then we can watch you again. Yep. Go see it in IMAX. I want to see it in IMAX. I mean. Well, time's a ticking. Time is a ticking. For me, I don't know how personally you could top get out because like. It's such a masterfully oh. executed film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's short. It says what it needs to say. And like, it does it perfectly. And then it gets out. And it gets and out. It gets out. It's like, all right, and we're done. <laughs> Us, I think it was totally like sophomore-itis where it's like, it's his second mm. film. And he like didn't have as yeah. many years to like gestate on it and like truly like refine it. It's so like, oh, I need to do another movie this and it's like it's a little rough around the edges mm-hmm. i feel with nope it's like competes with the get out yeah like, that's how good it is yeah mm-hmm. i could be bold and say like it's better than get out in many ways it is better than get out but like i don't know they're still two different completely felt i know they they truly are two different horror movies completely different horror movies. apples and oranges I feel like you're comparing apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. 
I'm going to be bold. Oh. And say, nope, is his best so far. Oh, my God. It truly is. It's completely different than Get Out. But, like, damn, this is so good. And I I can't wait to see what his next movie is. Same here. Yeah. That's a good hallmark of a good filmmaker. Or it's like his latest movie is, like, the best so far. It's like, oh, my God, this is so good. So I can't wait to see what else he puts out. Yeah, especially when when he does something that defies expectations too. Like, I mean, everything everyone th- thought that they knew what Get Out or not Get Out Nope was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Nope. nope. Do you think he feels the pressure now? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see his how angry he was when he was getting compared to like John Carpenter and all like the other oh, horror guys? Right? Mm. Yes, he was like, no, nope. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, for a while it felt like Tarantino was like the last like real filmmaker still left. I think Jordan Peele is picking up the baton. Yeah, I think I, I have to agree with you there, Aaron. I have to agree. As far as like a singular creative vision guiding like a whole production, I think Jordan Peele's it. How about Ari Aster? Ooh. Yeah, but he's too depressing. <laughs> you want more spectacle. You want it to not look away. Yes. To be honest, I okay. thought her hereditary was okay. Oh. It only had one tracking moment for me. But Ari Aster is like getting lined up to get kicked in the balls. Like it'll make you feel alive, that's for sure. But it's not gonna be pleasant. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love midsummer, so <laughs> Oh, I thought you were about to say you love getting lined up to get kicked in the balls. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Oh. It's that kind of podcast. <laughs> Oh, man. Take it away, Armand. Yeah. All right. Would you recommend Nope to a friend? I said yup to Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I told that to you when I came out of the theater. You did? Yeah. I was too traumatized. To yeah. Remember I was, that. The credits were going up. We were walking out, and I'm like, I'm saying yup to Nope. <laughs> yep. Like every hack critic out there. What was cool with the like the end credits was like it like changed hue. It was like yeah. bright orange and then it turned like dark red. Yeah, as the oh. credits uh, went on. That might be a callback to like old westerns. Probably. Ooh. Probably. My friends are usually my friends are the type that I saw the movie with was the type of friend who's like, okay, credits are running, let's get out. And I was like, that's Aw. me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna watch the credits just a little bit. And he's like, nope, yeah, let's get out. I don't think there was an end credit anything. No, yeah, no. I, I mean, but I like watching the credits. I like seeing the people who like worked on the oh, film and that's stuff fair. like Bless that. your heart. That's um, the way it should be. Yeah, it is the way that should. All be. right, the spectacle's done. I need to go home so I can watch my <laughs> phone. <laughs> Put on the YouTube. Doug, <laughs> would you recommend? Oh, I would nope. recommend seeing it on the biggest screen freaking possible. IMAX. Oh my god, see it in IMAX. You will not want to look away. Yeah. I'm telling you. Nope. I'm nope. telling you. Nope. Um, side point that I've meant to bring up this whole time, but I forgot. Um, did the aspect ratio change in the middle of the movie? I thought I noticed that. That might have been the IMAX, but I didn't notice. I didn't it, notice. It, it was standard, like, um, like cinemascope or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But I think like when the UAP first appears, it like widened a little bit. That's IMAX. Or like it, it got like a little bit taller. And I think it was Doug, that way the rest of the movie. Doug, did it get did it get taller? That's IMAX. Did it get taller? You went you saw it in IMAX. You can tell I us. Did. 
did, did the aspect cha- ratio change? For example, in The Force Awakens, I've yet to ever <laughs> fucking experience this because we saw it in IMAX. Yeah. We went, we, mm-hmm. we drove yeah. hours. Went to, to see Indiana. It. Why did we you ever go Indi- there? Wait, wait, why did you guys drive to Indiana to go see Because that that's movie? a real IMAX screen. <laughs> yeah. That's like five stories tall. It's a, oh, it's a real yeah. IMAX Oh, dang. Screen. Yeah. The only, the only real one here is in a Navy Pier and they weren't playing The Force Awakens. So we drove all the way over there to see The Force Awakens. And like during the Jakku sequence, when they're running towards the Millennium Falcon and that whole sequence, the screen got taller. Yeah. And it was full IMAX. So that's how you know it's IMAX. Yeah. I mean, I didn't notice any aspect ratio changes throughout throughout Nope. I thought it was pretty, if, if it did, it was seamless. If it did. Okay. Well, feel free to cut the segment out. I'm but not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could have sworn sorry. that when like OJ's on the ranch at night and he's chasing after Ghost, I think is the name yeah. of the horse. Yeah. Um, and he like first sees the UAP. I could have sworn like the aspect ratio just got like a little bit taller. That's when you were like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice. I was like kind of looking for it, but I was too engrossed in like the spe- the spectacle of yeah. the movie. I mean, maybe the projectionist was just a fucking idiot and got it wrong and fixed it halfway through. That's what he wanted you to do, because I have a quote here from Jordan Peele on my on my iPad that says, you know, as I started writing the script, I started to dig into the nature of spectacle or addiction to spectacle and the insidious nature of attention. Fuck God. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. (laughs) We're all guilty. Like, yeah. Be sure to like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) And think about what a bad boy you've been. (laughs) Oh, my God. Personally, I would absolutely recommend. Oh, yes. I've already have recommended Nope to people. Oh, yeah. And you know what's interesting? What? Certain people, I'm not going to say who they are. I'm like, go see Nope. Is it good? I'm like, well, have you seen Get Out, right? They're like, no. (laughs) Nope. I'm like, you're joking. Nope. I'm like, mm. okay. I would highly recommend Get Out. I would recommend people actually, I don't know. What would you? Oh. I would say, say Get Out first. Yeah. To yeah. Like get like. The, get your feet wet. Yeah. You know, you know, it's weird, but it's like a little bit less of a learning curve to get into it. Yes. It, it gets yeah. you into the mindset. It's like, okay, I know what this dude is all about. I, I don't think you can drop in with monkey murder necessarily. So Yeah. Yeah. That might be a bit much. Yeah. So maybe. A little on-ramp with Get Out. Go see Get Out. Once you've recovered from that, yeah. go see Nope. Yes. Yes. Are, are we ready to close this out? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Nope. Please check it out where, is it, where it is available. And before we go, Aaron, where can they find you? At WSTR Media is all of our socials. Uh, WSTRmedia.com. <laughs> is where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes. It's a Star Wars podcast. We have yes. fun. We live stream every Monday night. So that's right. Go check it out. Go check it out, people. <laughs> and Doug, where can they find you? Twitch TV backslash Wow, it's a Pop Tart playing those horror games and getting scared. That's wow. Wow. That's like right. usual. It's a Pop Tart. <laughs> wow. And talking about horror films there. Nice. Wow <laughs> underscore it's a Pop Tart. Yes. You've played so many games and you got scared so many times oh my god it's quite funny (laughs) go check it out and you can subscribe to this podcast you probably already are if you're listening 
Um, you can find us at syndicate.com or you can, God bless you, Doug. <laughs> Figures you wouldn't choke that, on that, whiskey, but you choke on water. Man, that monkey shoulder really gets us going. Woo. God bless you. Do you need a napkin? Do you want a napkin? You know, you, he, he's, he's swallowing. It. Oh, he's, he's swallowing the whole he's, load. He's, he's a swallower. He's, you know, monkey's paw productions, monkey shoulder. Oh my God. Gordy the monkey. It's all connected. It's all connected. Goes all the way to the top. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at syndicate. That is syndicate.com forward slash send. Oh fuck. <laughs> that is syndicate at Instagram, Twitter, and letterbox. Or if you want to join the discord server where you can catch myself and Aaron and Doug, along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others, at syndicate.com forward slash discord so until next time stop that scroll and spend more time watching goodbye